the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The news from the CDC that masks are recommended, even if you're vaccinated inside. Not a surprise Joe Biden previewed it the other night. Uh, Columbus City Schools insisting you wear masks on buses, in buildings. Um, Predictably, this is probably about a 50-50 split. People who are for it, people who are not for it. I really feel for the kids and the teachers who are in buildings that aren't air-conditioned. They're going to go back to school. The one good thing about all of this is that we at least are acknowledging that in-person schooling is vastly superior and necessary versus virtual schooling, which for many of the 47,000 students in Columbus City Schools, last year was no schooling at all. A lot of them never even bothered to check in. So that's great. It'll also help from a nutrition standpoint because a lot of these kids get their meals only in the schools. But, boy, in a school with no air conditioning and make these guys and girls wear masks and the teachers wear masks, that's uh, that's cruel. I mean, it really is. Makisha Roberts, the Columbus Health Commissioner, uh, says kids need to be in the classroom where they can learn and thrive. I don't think they can thrive in masks. Masks are an important tool, she says, for protecting staff and students who are too young to get vaccinated. Okay, so let's, let's look at the numbers. So when COVID was at its peak, deaths in the U.S., uh, Seven-day average, around 3,300, okay? Uh, right now, deaths in the U.S., seven-day average, 275. Hmm. Does that seem like we are back where we were before? Uh, no, not to me. But... Here in Ohio, we had cases up, cases spiking. And then yesterday, oh, cases were way down. And then today, there's almost cartwheels being turned by the people who love to report these numbers every day that we have oh, 1,300 cases. Oh, there's a huge spike from 800 to 1,300. 127 hospitalizations yesterday. 12 people in the ICU yesterday. What's the 21-day average in the ICU? Five people statewide. Five. Five. And we're masking up over these numbers. So how will you react to this if you are among the, uh, maybe you're among the people who now will send your kids to school if your district is requiring masks. Dublin is. Columbus City Schools uh, is doing the same. Uh, We received an email uh, yesterday from the school that our girls will attend this fall. 
And I kind of felt like it was a base covering email. Like we're going to let you know that the CDC says you should, or a lot of people are recommending and you can, maybe you will. If you're not vaccinated, it's probably a good idea. But <laughs> I read the email and then I was like, I was dreading it as I was reading it. I'm dreading it. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you're really going to make my daughters wear masks. You're really going to make them do it. And then they never said. So for those under 12 who can't be vaccinated, you must mask up. We know you don't like it. They never said that. And I thought to myself after reading the email, nobody's wearing a mask in that school. Nobody. And I don't think anything will happen. I now have seen three studies, three. One from the Cleveland Clinic, one from Washington University in St. Louis, one from Emory University. All of them say that the protection you get from having had COVID and recover, natural antibodies produced by your own body, not a vaccine, that the protection your body gets from those antibodies is longer lasting than the antibodies that come from a vaccine. But we never talk about the natural immunity that comes. Never, 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 never. And now, when the wake of this decision by the CDC to require, not require, but strongly recommend mass inside, how can that be seen as anything other than a repudiation of the veracity of these vaccines? Peter Ducey wanted to know the answer to that question today, so he asked it of Jen Psaki. Why did the president say, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask? Let me repeat, if you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. If it was possible that that was going to turn out not to be true. Well, Peter, I think we're all dealing with an evolving virus uh, where there's no playbook and no historic precedent. Hmm. I don't seem to remember that kind of open-ended allowance for fluctuation in infections and ver- and. Uh, virility of the virus coming off her lips when she was talking about the way Donald Trump and the Trump administration handled the virus back when we didn't have vaccines, back when we didn't even know anything about therapeutics. Hmm. What about Senate Bill 209, the one that would prevent public schools in Ohio and universities, state universities, from requiring students, staff, and others to wear masks? What about that? Well, The General Assembly is out of session until September. And if they get back in and they pass it on the first day, it would still take 90 days to go into effect. So I've said you can't be rescued by a law outlawing mask mandates. You cannot be rescued by that until likely around the first of the year. Around the first of the year. So what are the actual numbers, worst case scenario for young people? I read you the study last week from Dr. Marty McCarry, or the numbers from Dr. Marty McCarry, Johns Hopkins, saying the number that is driving all of the fear about kids under 12 and COVID is 355 presumed deaths nationally in kids under 18 from COVID. 355. How many Americans are there under the age of 18? 75 million. 75 million. Now, Macari noted in his numbers that no study has been done by the CDC to differentiate whether the 355, 
the number that's often cited, oh, 355 died of COVID, under 18, oh my, mask up, get a vaccine, approve it quick. We don't know how many of those 355 had comorbidities. We don't know how many of them are obese. We don't know how many of them had bad bronchial diseases. And we also don't know how many of them died with COVID. Oh, this kid got in a car accident, and unfortunately he didn't survive the car accident. Oh, look at that. His blood tested positive for COVID. He died with COVID. He did not die from COVID. We do not know. Stands to reason some of them, right? Has there been any set of numbers since this pandemic began, any set of death numbers that has been adjusted up after looking at more data about those individual cases? Any of them? Have any of them been adjusted up? No. In fact, all of them have been adjusted down. And many of them, the general adjustment down is somewhere between 15 and 25% overstating the numbers. So I'm not dismissing 350. Let's say 350 kids under 18 have died from COVID. How many kids do you think died of pneumonia last year under the age of 18? It's over 800. It's over 800. More than twice as many as died of COVID. Are we requiring masks to mitigate against the looming pneumonia threat to students in school? I missed it, if we are. We've made this decision to fixate on COVID, and you're not hearing the death numbers reported now. You're not hearing the hospitalization numbers now. You're not hearing the ICU numbers now, and those were all three, the numbers that were reported a year ago at this time about COVID. Always. Hospitalizations, ICU, deaths. Now, what number do you hear? Infections, which is a positive test, which is often skewed by the fact that our PCR tests are so sophisticated that you can pick up the vestige of the virus weeks after you've actually had it. That's what happened with John Rahm, the golfer. Remember, he had to sit out the final round of the memorial because he had COVID. Now he has to sit out the Olympics because he has COVID. Does he have COVID a second time? Likely not. He probably just has vestiges in his nasal cavity that showed up on a PCR test six weeks after he was first testing positive. And it cost him a spot in the Olympics. So this to me is... More mismanagement by our public health officials. More political grandstanding by the Biden administration. More dishonesty because you never hear, ever, ever hear that blacks and Hispanics are the two most hesitant population groups to get the vaccine. Imagine, imagine, listen to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo today talking about what needs to happen to those who have not been vaccinated. But, but before you listen to it, the image he's creating here is 
These are idiot Republicans who won't get vaccinated. So here's what we're going to do. But the truth of the matter is blacks and Hispanics are the two people groups who are most resistant to getting the virus. So as you listen to Andrew Cuomo, imagine the reaction if he were to say this, and effectively he is, but people don't put it together. If he were to say this about doing this to blacks and Hispanics. We have to get back to work. And we have to get back to work now. And we have to spread this message or we're going to spread the virus. And we have to get in those communities and we have to knock on those doors and we have to convince people and put them in a car and drive them and get that vaccine in their arm. I don't think that'd go over too well. He <laughs> did that with minority groups in this country. There's a word for that. It's called kidnapping. Wouldn't go well for Andrew Cuomo or anybody else who tried to do it. It is 549. Time to call my pillow. 800-856-9340. Time to call Mike Lindell and tell him you want a my pillow. You'd rather have that over your face than a mask, I bet. It'd be a lot more comfortable. I know that. You'll get a My Pillow Queen Premium for $29.99. And you'll get a set of Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Buy one, get one free. The My Pillow Slippers at 40% off. And the newest innovation. Mike Majors in soft and comfortable. Where do you need that more than with your bath towels? Ooh. Bath towels, you don't want the sandpaper effect. No, 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 no. You want the soft cotton that Mike Lindell has found manufactured right here in America. And this towel set is normally over $100. Now it's on sale for $39.99. Two hand towels, two washcloths, and two bath towels. You will love them. They are fantastic. $39.99 for the six-piece set at MyPillow.com. Use the promo code BRUCE to get special pricing that I just outlined for you on all those products and the other fine array of MyPillow products. You can call and order 800-856-9340, 800-856-9340, or go online MyPillow.com. Just use that promo code BRUCE. Now, today has been a a uh, triple threat of stupid with the mask mandate, the histrionic January 6th hearings on Capitol Hill, and the um, allowance that quitting on your team in the Olympics somehow makes Simone Biles a hero. So let me tell you something good. I have high hopes for Columbus Police Chief Elaine Bryant. I really do. Because leaders have to say the hard thing. There's this viral video going around of a Columbus police officer wrestling with an uncooperative 30-year-old black man at a Speedway gas station in the 1100 block of South High Street, which is Marion Village, okay, just south of downtown. It's been viewed 350,000 times. And a store patron videoed it Saturday night. Didn't go over and try to help the officer, as the clerk in the store was trying to do. No, instead... Uh, the woman, Alex Mancabelli, recorded the struggle and was uh, scolding the officer for his behavior during the incident. Leave him alone. He didn't do anything wrong. 
Um, Alex, last I checked, resisting arrest, not lawful behavior. Punching a police officer, not lawful behavior. When an officer tells you to leave the premises, which is what happened because this 30-year-old man was deemed to be threatening or unwelcome in the store because of his behavior, because of his appearance, not because of anything other than his own behavior, personal agency, consequences for behavior, asked, I said asked, asked to leave, didn't leave, started a physical confrontation with the officer, which again, just to just to note, is against the law. So Alex continues filming, and in the midst of this, two people, a Columbus police officer who's trained in hand-to-hand combat and physical confrontation, and a store clerk who is also engaged in physical uh, wrestling and trying to get this unruly person under control, a woman comes in from the outside, presumably having filled her car with gas or something, comes in from the outside, sees the struggle occurring, and her first, my first inclination would be, holy cow, this idiot is struggling with a Columbus police officer. This officer could be in danger. Something bad might happen to this idiot who is struggling with the Columbus police officer, who because he now has reason to believe that this person will do anything to get away from him, perhaps even grab his weapon and shoot him, I better help said officer restrain this unruly individual so nothing bad happens to the individual and nothing bad happens to the officer. That would be my observation as I walk through the door because, of course, I am a law-abiding citizen who does not think that police are always wrong. In fact, my go-to is there's somebody fighting with a policeman. That person's wrong, but this woman does not think like I do, or you do. This person opens the door, sees the guy fighting with the officer, and proceeds to start punching the officer and swearing at the officer. Amazing. So, of course, given our current discourse in this country, the 350,000 people who watch this video come away with the opinion that the officer is somehow in the wrong in this situation. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Elaine Bryant, the police chief of the city of Columbus, watches the video and bless her heart said this. I stand behind my officers when they do the right thing and this officer did exactly the right thing. That will get you the loyalty of your department. It is a huge miss by Columbus City officials that they have not said the exact same thing to the officer involved in the Micaiah Bryant shooting. But at least in this case, and Elaine Bryant was not on the job at that particular time, but she's certainly seen the video and should be saying the exact same thing. Like, not, not now, right now. But Bryant said the guy's disruptive behavior. He was asked to leave multiple times. He didn't do it. 
Thus, the officer tried to escort him out, and that's when the altercation began. So I hope they find, look for the video online, because if you, if you recognize the woman who comes in the store and starts hitting the officer and swearing at the officer, call Columbus police and report that woman, because she deserves to go to jail. They do want to charge her with assault on a police officer. Why is the officer there? Because that particular speedway, probably an all-night gas station, has been the site of 95 calls to police since January. 95. More than 10 a month. 75 of those calls are for disturbances, trespassing, and shoplifting. So he was there because he's there to keep the community safer. Of course, the woman who filmed it said that the officer was in the wrong. You know, I wouldn't be averse to looking at a law that would penalize people for filming altercations like that. You got time to film, you got time to go help the officer. So, kudos, Elaine Bryant. Way to go. Now, as for the Cleveland Guardians, they may have to pay for that name. We'll tell you who next. 